Christian, I was wicked and boring, but now I'm not wicked anymore. You know that kind of lifestyle? Yeah, some of you are just getting it, but it's, it's like, so I said to God anyway, I said, God, I'm kind of born with this. I, I want to live by faith. And I thought many times since then, why did I say that? Because <laughs> it kind of messed up my life in a whole lot of ways. And, and, uh, and so we've been kind of dealing with the consequences of that prayer uh, ever since, because we did, we had, it was crazy, we had a large congregation and a good salary, and we owned a house with a water view in, in north of Auckland with a, you know, like a, just about $100,000 debt on it, and that would have been paid off in 10 years, and it's probably worth, you know, like six or 700000 bucks now, and, and I look at where we are now, and I think, well, God, why, why did I pray that? <laughs> but it was all about the change anyway, so we resigned from that particular pastoral position, and we moved to Rotorua, which is not always a good career move, but anyway, I was from there, so I did it, and, and we planted a C3 church in Rotorua, and it's still going to this day, and good things have happened, but it began this journey. James 2.26 says, without faith, uh, or with it, faith without works is dead faith. In other words, it's inactivated or unactivated faith. It's dead faith. There's no works attached to your faith, then it's not really faith at all. And I think this is at the core, or has been at the core these last 12 years, of what God's been doing in our lives. So I just want to tap into this a little bit today, if you don't mind, and we'll see how we go. We've been looking at authentic faith for the last three weeks. Pastor Keith kicked it off earlier in the year with uh, a subject called Awaken, about awakening our faith. Pastor Beck did a rise. You know, we need to step up, rise up in our faith. Uh, Darren, last week, Pastor Darren talked about a, having an appointment with God on a regular basis, out of which uh, faith flows. And I want to say, as a, as a, as right from the outset, this whole deal about faith is, is really conditional to you having an intimate and genuine relationship with Jesus. So it's an assumption I just want to put out there right at the start, that if you're seeking to be a person of faith, moving in faith, seeing uh, God move on your behalf, then first of all, make sure that you're pressing into Christ. And you will hear it hundreds and hundreds of times over and over every year in this church that, that an authentic relationship with Jesus Christ is where it's at. And Pastor Darren was talking about that last week. And then today in part four, I want to talk about activating our faith. The thing is, faith is my like go-to message. I just, I love this, you know. And uh, when, I, when I rang up Beck a couple of weeks ago to see what was going on, she said, oh, we're doing faith. I'm like, yeah. And then she said, you'll be doing activate. And I went, oh. Oh, awesome, awesome, you know, so I got so excited, I wrote like pages and pages of those, we had 28 really amazing points, uh, which I'm getting, <laughs> but I kind of had to put it all through the filter of activation, so I've got it down to four, so you'll be relieved to know that, we're going to talk about activating our faith, and uh, this is anyway, this is what came out of my filter, Matthew 14, verse 25, you want to turn there, that's fine, should be up on the screen, Jesus has just sent sent the disciples across the lake in a boat. He set them up for a faith experience. And, uh, and then a storm comes, and, and the Bible says in some translations, they're actually in trouble. But I want to pick it up here in this verse. About three o'clock in the morning, Jesus came toward them. Sounds like your night last night, Pastor Simo. Uh, uh, walking on the water. When the disciples saw him walking on the water, they were terrified in their fear. They cried out, it's a ghost. But Jesus spoke to them at once. Don't be afraid, he said. Take courage. Tis I. <laughs> we didn't say that. He said, oh, take courage, I am here. 
Then Peter called to him, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come to you walking on the water. And I love this story for a whole bunch of reasons. It's a simple story, but man, it's full of amazing thoughts and keys of how we can activate this thing called authentic faith. And so I've called it Step Away from the Boat, because my, my challenge to you this morning is, hey, you know, step away from the boat. You're all in your boat. Step away from the boat. I've got my spiritual uh, 44 Magnum handgun here, and I'm saying step away from the boat, because that's what we're going to do today. In the context of the boat, we're talking about something that represents comfort, safety, familiarity, normality. And faith is not usually found in these environments. Faith is something that you find when you step away from everything that you know to be safe and comfortable and secure and your little cuddly blanket. And we, we kind of all have those. Come on, just admit it, you do. But um, I've just got four keys that will help us kind of step away from the boat this morning. The first one is this. Authentic faith takes the initiative. It's, it's an initiative thing. Peter called to him, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come to you walking on the water. I love this. He initiated a faith experience. There's nothing in there that said Jesus said, Hey, Pete, come here, mate. Over here, over here. Nothing, nothing about what Jesus, he's just walking on the water. And Pete's like, whoa. The, everyone, all the disciples saw Jesus in, walking on the water. They all saw it. The Bible says they saw it, verse 26. But Peter's the one who's got an eye for a faith experience. He's like a faith activist. He's thinking, man, I'm going to do something radical here. And, and out of all the things he could have said, he could have said, you know, like, Jesus, if that guy's got a headache over there, tell me to go and pray for him. Jesus, tell me to have a word of knowledge that someone's got pain in the, Anyone got pain in their body this morning? Oh, yeah, I see that hand. Could have been something. But why would you say to do something that no man has ever done before? He picks the, like, the most scary thing. And that is a man of faith who's initiating a move of faith. Peter is the type of guy who takes the initiative. And faith people are initiators. They want to... They've got something of God inside them that wants to see something happen. So when you're out and about and you see someone sick, you might notice that person sick. You think, oh, well, that person's sick. But you could initiate something by saying, God, do you want me to pray for that person who is sick? So you, you initiate the busting of a faith move. You're the one that's saying, man, and it might be the Spirit of God. I don't know what prompted Peter to do this. It's like, we all know Peter's pretty out there, doesn't think a lot, just kind of, oh, I'm going to do this and do that, man. It's like, awesome, man. I'm going to walk on water today. Jesus is doing it. Why can't I? And when you think about it, Jesus said, you know, John 14, 12, these and greater things will you do if you believe. And so Peter's in this place where he's saying, I'm going to, I'm going to initiate something here. I'm going, to, I'm going to get this thing happening. And, and I, I want to make this clear too this morning. Don't, I don't mean presumptuous. I don't mean like I'm going to do it my way and, that, and that's all there is. I, I just mean like test the waters. You know, get God's permission. But think, what would Jesus do in this situation? There's a sick person. Do I, I, I feel like I should pray. God, do you want me to pray? Will you? And, and do, I, do I do this? God, what do you want me to do here? Do you want me to step out of this boat a little bit? And just initiate something and God, God will see that faith and he'll say, wow. That's, that's, my, that's my man, that's my girl. You know, we're, we're going to do something together. We're going to see some miracles happening. 
Because listen, this is not like a, an optional thing for the body of Christ. I want to tell you, you might be sitting here today, that's ah, not for me, Phil, I'm just pretty cool where I am. I want to tell you, the day will come when you will be in positions where you're going to need great faith. And so I just want to prep you for the end times. I want to prep you for what's coming ahead. And uh, as you'll see later in the, in, the media, uh, in the message, it's not really just about us anyway. Amen. Is that good? Are we, are we okay with that? Romans 10 verse 17 says, So faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word. So Peter says, If it's Lord, tell me to come. And he's saying, God, is it really you? God, are you, are you into this? Is, this? is this what I'm feeling? Is this you? Tell me to come to you. And he's very specific. Come to you walking on the water. He didn't say swimming. He didn't say on his jet ski or anything. He said, like, specifically, and faith is very specific. Come to you walking on the water. And Jesus, the word of God, comes. Yes, come. And so Peter jumps out of the boat. It's pretty cool stuff when you think about it. The faith opportunities are out there. And I want to tell you, if you're looking for them, you'll see them. I think so often we, we rationalize and we get logic going and we, we talk ourselves out of doing something amazing for God. I think we play it safe. We're like the, we don't know, we're waiting for the word from God. We're like the defensive batsman who's just like, you know, prodding away every delivery, waiting for the perfect, you know, low full toss that you can smack. Oh, yeah, that's not quite right. I won't do it. Yeah, you know, that's not, oh, that was a bit too leg side for me. Oh, that's not my strength or whatever. Improvise, man. Just do a, do a ramp over the wicketkeeper's head or something. Make it happen. Just don't wait. You just, just get it. You know, oh, yeah, 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 no, nah, wait, no, oh, you know. And like this, and we're stuck in our crease, and God says, I want you to, you know, step forward out of your crease a couple of steps, meet this thing on the volley, and boom, you know, let's, let's hit some sixes for the kingdom of God. I hate sport. I'm not interested in sport whatsoever. I didn't watch tennis last night at all. I'm just a very spiritual man on a Saturday night. Back in 2013, Jill and I were praying for uh, a friend of ours, Phil Camden. Some of you may know him. He was the pastor of Church 180 down in Newcastle. And uh, we worked with him for a number of years in, in Auckland. And uh, we heard at the start of 2013 that Phil had contracted a pretty mean and fatal disease called motor neurone disease. And so we're praying for him. And the Holy Spirit, Spirit spoke to us directly go to Newcastle, because we're in Rotorua, we're pastoring a church, we're not, we've got a house, we've got everything going on there, go to Newcastle and help the Camdens. And it's like, it was kind of cool in a way, because it was like an inner confirmation, because uh, I've been trying to get to Australia for years, you know, I've just been, just been waiting. I lived here in the 80s, back in North Queensland, so I just, I've always wanted to come back, because I, you know, you might find this strange coming from a Kiwi, I love Australians. It's true, true story. I'm not preaching now, I'm just telling the truth in this part. And, and I, love, I love Australia, I love this country. I love how flipping hot it gets, you know, like all the Kiwis back home, I was 28, man, we're melting, you know, I was like, give me a break, come and, come and experience a 42, see how you go. But it was like a little inner witness, and I said, I said, God, if it's you, we need you to confirm it. And I'm speaking to another pastor friend of mine a little while later, and he, said, and he just blurts it out, you should go to... You should go to Australia and help the Camdens. I'm like, oh, what? Are you kidding me? Wow, man, it's like amazing. And then like this the other young guy in our church one day, we're just having dinner with him. He says, oh, you should just go and help Camdens. And I felt like God was like, and so we're like, we're saying, we're putting out there saying, God, if you want us to go, go. And, 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 and just, just tell us, you know, to go and we'll, and we'll go. 
and all these confirmations came in and it was a, it was a witness. So sometimes you just got to put it out there and see what God says. Step away from the boat, activate some faith and see what happens. And I want to make a point too that this is, this is our deal. I don't want you sitting there thinking, okay, so we've got to sell our house, we've got to give up our job, leave our church, go to another country and be a labourer and, and that's a move of faith. No, that's, that's, that's our deal. It's not yours. Yours might be something, it might be something like that. It might be something totally different. But what is it that God's speaking to you about? That he's, he, he wants you to step out on the water a little bit and you've been kind of holding back. It may be a, a relatively small thing in some people's minds. For you, it's a big deal. I want to honour that. That's a, if it's a big deal for you, it's a big deal. So what, it's wherever you're at on your journey of faith. So these illustrations are ours. Don't feel like you have to go and do something stupid. <laughs> ours wasn't stupid, although sometimes I feel like it was stupid, but it was God, so it, it can't be stupid. Number two, authentic faith holds its nerve. Peter went over the side of the boat and walked on the water towards Jesus. How good's that? I don't know whether he dived in. You ever think about it, Simeon? Like, what did he do? Did he dive in? Did he do a backflip? Did he just step out carefully? Did he just do a bomb? You know, what did he... How do you step out of the boat in a storm, you know, and walk on what did you like? Ooh. I don't know. I reckon he just kind of just jumped out. Just said he went over the side. I don't know how he did it, but he went over the side. When you take a step of faith... Know this, that you're walking towards Jesus and not away from him. That you're getting closer to him and not further away. That he's there, that he's beckoning. He's given you the word, come. And so there's a security and a reassurance in knowing that when there's a faith call coming your way, that you're working towards God and towards his will. Having said that, it can still be pretty scary. In fact, very scary at times. You're walking towards Jesus, but there's all this stuff going on around you. And you're thinking, oh, man, you know, like, I'm not saying I've got the blinkers. I don't want to see all this stuff, you know, like distractions. And, and, but you've got, to, you've got to keep walking towards Jesus. And that's what Hebrews 12 is about. I'll read that to you now. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, I love this in the NLT, witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up, and let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Um, 2 Corinthians 5, 7 says, we walk by faith and not by sight. So when we are out on this thing and God's calling us, we've we got to just be very focused, tunnel vision. This is where we're going and nothing is going to stop. The trouble is with Peter, as we read here a little bit further down, um, but when he saw the strong wind and the waves, he was terrified and began to sink. So we've got to fix our eyes on, the, on Jesus. His sight overruled his faith. He was overawed. His, his faith inside him was overawed by the circumstances, the storm, the waves, the fact that he's walking on water. I, I think it's absolutely awesome that he's walking on water. No one's ever done it. No one has ever done it since, as far as I know. I know a pastor in New Zealand who thought one day I can walk on water. So he, he charged out onto Lake Rotorua and he got wet. But anyway... <laughs> So it's not a common miracle. It just means God just every now and again does a miracle that just transcends 
the laws of physics and it's impossible. You pray for someone, they feel a bit better, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah. You feel a bit better? Yeah, I think I am. Yeah, I think, I think the headache's going a bit, you know. Whatever, how's your back pain? Oh, yeah, I think it's going a little bit. I feel, feel warm, it's good. And, and it probably is, but you can't deny when someone walks on water. I think many men have tried since and have failed miserably. So this is a very significant, a, a, a miracle that ushered in the age of the supernatural through God. Very awesome. So we fix our sight on him and not on the distractions around us. We don't think about fear. We don't think about unbelief or the logic or circumstances or people's opinions. You would have no idea what, what distractions came our way when we announced to the C3 movement in New Zealand that we were leaving to move to Australia. I mean, we were in a, like a senior leadership group of the, of the movement in the country. And I had some of the senior guys saying, hey, well, man, if, you, if you're going to finish up, you can come and work for me. I'll have you on my team. And an, a, another church in Hamilton said, oh, this guy said, I want to retire. You know, you can take our church and it's 300 people and we've got a building. And I'm sitting there thinking, wow, man, it's like, that's pretty cool. You know, established church. And another guy said, oh, I need a, I need a you know, exec pastor. Do you want to come? And, and all these things come, but you've got to, it's not about that. What, what did God say to you? God didn't say to me, resign and go to another C3. He said, go to Australia and, and help these people who have got some major needs going on in their life. So you've got to, you've got to hold your nerve and, and, and don't flinch. I remember once in about 98, 99, I was preaching in, in my campus. I just preached the word and we were in a school hall. I looked down the back and there was a bunch of ladies that don't normally come. And they'd come because one of their friends and their playgroup thing had been murdered and so the, one of the ladies in, in the group was in our church and she invited them all to church on the Sunday after this, their friend had got murdered because they were pretty pretty traumatised and uh, I remember seeing this lady down the back, she's beautiful sort of turquoise kind of blouse and uh, I remember seeing her at the end I was just kind of wrapped and I said, oh the lady down the back in that, you know, that blouse um, would you come up, you know and I said I said to her, I said, God's showed me that you've been looking for love in all the wrong places. Now, how many know as a woman that can be, um, if it's not right, it's, it's pretty bad. And my, one of my core team members was over here playing keyboards, John, and he said to me afterwards, he said, oh, mate, I don't know about that. Like, what are you doing? You know, it's like, and I, but I'm just like, I'm diving out into the water, man. I, get this, I feel like I get this prompting from God. And so I said, would you come up? Would you come up? You know, God's told me that you've been looking... And, uh, and we prayed for her and she got saved and she went on to become a fairly uh, enthusiastic and committed member of our church and involved in a lot of stuff. I found out after that day that she'd actually been uh, flown to America with one of these internet things, you know, and, and long story short, it ended up becoming a sex slave imprisoned by this guy in the United States. It'd been on the news and everything. I didn't, didn't know it. I didn't know who she was, but some people knew and so she'd managed to escape, come back to New Zealand, and, and, I, and I said to her, you know, now that you're here, God, you've found the kind of love that you've been looking for, and it's the love that God has for you. And it turned her life around. See, some, sometimes you just got to step out a little bit. you kind of got to know it's God. It's not just a guess. Oh, what can I say about this person? Um, oh, any, many, mighty, mo. Oh, this should get her attention, you know. It's like, but you get a word from God, and you just dive out. You, you, you hold your nerve. You go for it. I used to do a lot of mountain biking in New Zealand, and grade four and grade five mountain bike, 
mountain bike tracks, there's a lot of like drop-offs. They're like, you know, this high. Some of them are higher, but maybe this high. And there's like a ditch, like a moat, and then there's a little mound, and that's the landing pad when you land, when you're doing your jump. And I never had enough nerve to do those ones, but if, if you are going to do that jump, you make sure you commit to the jump. You don't hit the brakes near the end and drop off the end. You don't slow down and hope you make it. You just go on full noise because then you'll be pretty well guaranteed that you'll get enough elevation and enough momentum to take you across the moat, the ditch, and land on the landing pad. If you freak out halfway through and skid and hit the brakes and fall over the edge, you're going to go head first down, and I promise you there will be some pain, and there will be some blood and discomfort and broken bones or whatever. So commit to it. Don't lose your nerve. Faith like that, just go for it. God said, go for it. Peter, Peter's thinking and he says, save me, Lord, he shouted. Jesus immediately reached out and grabbed him. I find that incredibly reassuring that if you take a step of faith and you think you're sinking, God's going to be there to bail you out. If he says come, he's, he's, he's bound. He's bound by his responsibility over that word to see his word performed in life. And I want to tell you, he will bail you out. So Peter steps out. He, he's, he, it's pretty scary and it's pretty risky, but he's not going to fail. And let's face it, he walked on water. For how long, we don't know, but he walked on water. And when he, when he got his eyes off, the, off Jesus and onto the circumstances, began to sink, Jesus was there ready to bail him out. When we came here, we, we gave up a lot. We gave up friends and family and all, all stuff. You just can't begin to imagine really what it's like unless you've done something like that. And so far from a ministry and a material point of view, it's been a really bad move. You know, I mean, I do a bit of preaching and stuff, but, and, I, and I appreciate it. But nothing like what I was used to and what I was expecting to do. We came here like walking on water. Well, actually, we flew in, a, in an Airbus A320, but... You know, metaphorically speaking, we came here walking on water. And, and I want to tell you, there are, there are lots of times where I feel like I'm in the save me, Lord, I'm sinking kind of uh, phase of the journey. Many times, but you know what? Even when we, we, we step out in faith and even when we sink and we flounder and we, we doubt and we're bombarded with negativity and, and all the things that would kind of make us feel like, man, I don't know whether I should have done this. God is always there. Keep your eyes on him. He's always there. And he'll always lift you up out of that sinking feeling and set you back on the place where you need to be. So just be encouraged by all that. Don't, when you hit those hard times, don't give up. Peter says something very, uh, or Jesus says something very interesting to Peter. He says, you have so little faith, Jesus said. Why did you doubt? This is when he's sinking. I want to say that lack of faith, in my mind, in this context, is doubting the character, and the capacity of God. So it gets back to this thing I said earlier. It's about intimate relationship with God. Hebrews chapter 11 begins with verse 1, funnily enough. Faith is a confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. It gives us assurance about the things we cannot see. Intimacy with Jesus. Faith holds its nerve. Number three, faith, authentic faith, sees beyond self. I, I love the fact that we believe God for miracles for ourselves. Who, who thinks that's a good thing to do? You need healing. I'm doing this constantly. You need breakthrough. You need finances. You need a job. You need a house. I want to tell you, go for it with all the faith you can muster. 
the woman bleeding 12 years in Mark chapter 5, pressed in to see Jesus and touch him, and he said, your faith has made you well. The 10 lepers, the guy, the guy, um, the 10 lepers, blind Bartimaeus, all, all those people, activation of faith brought them miracles. Then we get a situation with Jairus where he has a daughter who's dying. He comes to come, come and pray for her, and she's healed. Um, the centurion in Matthew chapter 8, his servant is dying, is sick. Come. And so we can see a progression or a, or a, a, a shift in faith from our own personal needs to the needs of others. Are you with me? Authentic faith sees beyond self. And, and then we just get to Mark chapter 2, and we read a story about four men who bring a crippled man to Jesus. Now, this is pretty cool. See, our faith is not just for our benefit. It's for the benefit of others. That's why we've got faith. It's not just to keep to ourselves. It's not a, it's not a Kim, you know, like, um, uh, that, that's, not, that's enough about you. Let's talk about me. You know, it's not, it's not like that. Faith is like, it transcends us. It's beyond us. It's not selfish. It's selfless. And in its purest form, it's for the benefit of others. Because faith sees beyond self-interest. So soon the house where he was staying was so packed with visitors that there was no room, no more room even outside the door. While he was preaching God's word to them, four men arrived carrying a paralyzed man on a mat. I think these guys are operating at like a high level of faith. Generally, you'll find in scripture that where there is relationships between people, it is mentioned. So-and-so's brother, so-and-so's father, daughter, whatever, husband, wife, or cousin, doesn't matter. They're always mentioned. There's no mention of any relationship. And I, I just want to put it to you kind of like, just put it out there a little bit, but perhaps they didn't know this guy. Perhaps they saw a need, and perhaps they thought, this, this Jesus is doing miracles. Let's, let's get this guy there. And you see, faith presses in. They, they don't get to the door and think, ah, oh, well, sorry, mate, you're going to have to stay paralyzed for the rest of your life because we can't get you in the place. No, so they get up on the roof and dig a hole through the roof tiles and dust falling down. We did this in Africa once. We were preaching over there and we kind of pretend, you know, had these ropes coming down and we laid this, took this guy down. It was, it was a whole bunch of fun. But anyway, you could imagine it's pretty chaotic, but they press in and they lower this guy right down in front of Jesus. And and this is what it says in verse uh, 31 of Luke 22. No, no, it doesn't. It doesn't say that at all. It says this in Mark, in Mark chapter 2, verse 4. They couldn't bring him to Jesus because of the crowd, so they dug a hole through the roof above his head. Then they lowered the man down, uh, right down in front of Jesus. Seeing their faith, Jesus said to the paralyzed man, My child, your sins are forgiven. I don't, I don't know why Peter walked on the water. I really don't. I, I don't really. I've got some thoughts, but I don't know. But I do know one thing. Jesus walked on the water to save the disciples. And I think that Peter stepped out on the water because he had a call of God on his life and he knew that he had to start to make st steps of faith in order to get where God wanted him to be. Maybe he wanted to be an example to inspire the rest of the guys. I don't know, but authentic faith sees beyond itself. It's not to make oneself look cool. It's not always about getting your needs met, although it is about that. But sometimes it's just about seeing other people's needs met. And so I just want to put that out there. Regardless of all that, authentic faith sees beyond itself. Number four, last point. Authentic faith shines brightest 
in adversity. James chapter 1 verse 2. Dear brothers, this is your favorite scripture, everyone's favorite scripture. James chapter 1 verse 2. Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles come your way, favorite verse, love this one, thank you Jesus, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know, <laughs> yee-haw, troubles are coming. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. Adversity is allowed by God to grow you. Amen? Thank you. I can see you're all on the same page. That's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> Bob Gass said in, in um, Woodford today, a, a couple of weeks ago, I think it was, Hebrews 11. He said, he, in Hebrews 11, we see two expressions faith. We see the depth of their faith and we see the depth of their faith. Notice that? So in verses 1 to 35, it's all about the yee-haw stuff, you know, the, the exciting stuff. By faith, Noah built an ark. Abraham and Sarah got Isaac. Abraham and Sarah kept Isaac. Moses crossed the, the Red Sea. Um, Joshua smashed down the walls of Jericho. Um, David killed this giant called Goliath. All these things happen. And they are accounts of deeds of great faith. And I used to think it was all about the deeds side of things. But I've been learning over the last three years, sometimes it's about the depth of your faith. Because verses 35 to 40 say that people got whipped and they got stoned and they got sawn in two. They got persecuted because of their faith. Verse 39 all these people earned a good reputation because of their faith, yet none of them received all that God had promised them. And so over the last three years, it's been a bit about the depth of our faith. Because I was one-dimensional with my faith. It was all about the deeds. Let's get some miracles happening. Let's get some action happening. Let's get some cool, man, breakthroughs, and it's all cool. But you know what? I want to say that the last three years has been about developing the depth of our faith. What's your faith like? Jason and Crystal, I just felt earlier that, that God is developing in you guys a great depth of faith. I'm believing for you for a miracle that you, your body will be healed and that you again. But you know what? God is kind of interested in the depth of your faith. And I see what God is developing in you both is, is faith of great depth. And the key to that is that in the midst of these tough times, when things haven't gone according to your plans, that you are getting closer and closer to Jesus. That you're, you're, you're like underwater <laughs> going to Jesus. It's, you know, but you're, you're hanging in there. You, you, you're hanging in and God is building. And I want to commend you for that. I want to encourage you. When, when, it, when you get those down days, just get to the Word, get to worship, get to God and say, God, I don't know what's going on. I don't understand this, but I'm, I'm pressing into you. I'm getting closer. I'm walking towards you. And I just want, I want you to be encouraged by that because it's, it's really important. Um, in the midst of the great storm, Peter stepped out in faith and he stepped away from the boat. I believe Peter was a faith activist. I just believe he was like an inspiration. He's like this crazy guy, does wacky things sometimes, doesn't make sense, but, mate, he walked on the water. He walked on the water and did something no one else was able to do. After this, and before Peter denies Jesus, Jesus says to him, Luke 2, verse 31, Simon, 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 has, sorry, Simon, Simon, 
all the S words. Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift each of you like wheat. Notice it says, has asked to sift each of you like wheat. But I have pleaded in prayer for you, Simon, that your faith should not fail. So when you have re repented and turned to me again, you will strengthen your brothers. Just singled out for a faith test because he's going to be the, the leader of the church. He's going to need great faith to get through those tough times, the persecution and the, from the Romans and everything that was about to follow. He needed those trials. He needed those testings to come his way. It's an opportunity to outwork faith and to grow faith. And I want to t tell you this morning, if we dig in and we keep trusting God, we will get there and your faith will go stronger. The guy that we came to help, Phil Camden, I just, he blows my mind. This guy has got a terminal illness hanging over him. He is getting weaker by the, by the month. Walks around with, a, with a, a, a fit, healthy man three years ago. Is now like semi-crippled and his, his hope um, of, a, of a normal healthy life is just diminishing as time goes by. But I travel with him sometimes and he preaches this amazing message about what are you going to do? in the midst of your trial. And he's just raising money for MND and organizing events and preaching the gospel. People are getting saved. Last time I was with him at Port Macquarie, 13 people got saved. And I'm thinking, what an inspiration, you know. But that's, that's depth of faith. And so when those tough times come, dear people, just dig into God, you know. Dig into God. Because your faith, it takes the initiative it holds its nerve, it sees beyond self, and it shines brightest in the midst of adversity. I want you to just close your eyes for a moment. There may be someone here this morning who's saying, Phil, I'm, I'm not a Christian. I don't, I don't have this kind of faith you're talking about. I, 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 don't, I don't understand it. You won't understand it until you become a follower of Jesus. In Hebrews 11 verse 6, a scripture in the Bible says that out with, without faith it's impossible to please God. But all who come to him must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who would diligently seek him. And so we, we seek him and he receives us. All those that come to God, if we cry out to God, say, God, forgive me, save me, heal me. If we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, we shall be saved. And faith is deposited in your spirit. And the more you walk with Jesus, the more faith you get. And on it goes. It's like a, it's like a snow, it has a snowball effect. But you've got to start somewhere with a decision. And I just wonder this morning before we close, is there anyone here this morning and say, I'd like to make that, I'd like to step out of the boat of my past life of the comfort of just living my life my way and doing it the way I like and step out of the boat and walk towards Jesus. Would there be anyone this morning who'd say, that's me. I want to receive Christ as Lord and Saviour. Jesus' mighty name. Jesus' mighty name. Everyone here just walking with God. I like that. It's cool. It's cool. Kate. Kate Baker. I just, felt, I just felt this morning, I was thinking about this. You, you remind me of that woman in Mark 5, the woman with that 12-year issue of blood. And there's like a timidity that she, she, she came to God and, and 
is if I can just touch him. And I see a bit of you in that. But you know what? Jesus said you had great faith. And I believe in you there's great faith because you push, you push beyond those things that, that worry you and scare you at times. And they do. They're very real in your life. But what I admire about you is that there's a faith, a deep faith, a depth of faith in you that presses beyond those circumstances and those things. And you keep walking towards Jesus and you do things that scare you. For you, the thought of stepping out of the boat is a very real, very real thing in your life. And I just want to encourage you to keep on allowing God to grow your faith and build you and build you and take you on this amazing faith journey. It's not going to be without its scary moments yet again. But I want to tell you, God is pleased. He sees, He would be like to you, I see great faith, great faith. So well done, well done. It's absolutely awesome what, what you're doing in your journey. Peter Weeks, I just see God just building faith in you, mate. I just see God, on you're on this journey. You're kind of some similar things that we're all in together. You know, challenges with work and finances and different things. Um, but I see you, God sees you as a man of faith, the quiet, strong, silent type, admittedly, but the type of guy that there's a faith, there's a faith in you that is, the depth of your faith belies your outward demeanor. And you're not a, you're not a rah-rah going around shouting from the roof, I do this and I do that, and look at me. But I see, God sees in you a depth of faith that is keeping you going at times when in your mind you felt like chucking in the towel. I don't know what, how I can do this. I don't know how I can keep walking with God at times, but there's a depth of faith that God is bringing you through those times of adversity. And I think that's a very, very powerful thing. Hang on to that. Graham, hang on to that, mate. Keep that. Keep your faith going, mate. Keep digging in. Keep keep stepping out on the water, mate. Keep Just don't, don't give up. Don't give up. Keep pressing in. Keep digging into God. Get, get more of the Word in you. Allow more faith to rise up within you. Don't look at the circumstances that, are, that you're facing right now. But keep, just keep your eyes on Jesus the, Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith. Keep doing that. Keep doing that. You're going to get through. You're going to get through. But you've got to stick with it. Authentic faith holds its nerve. You're on, you're on that mountain bike jump, mate. You're, you're in the air now, so you just got to... You gotta keep going. You gotta do it. You gotta do it. Jesus mighty name. Jesus mighty name. Michaela, God's got you on an amazing journey and it's it's tough right now. We know from what you've told me this morning it's tough. But you're here. You know why you're here? You're here by faith. Someone may have invited I wouldn't be surprised if this dear girl here invited you. Put money on it actually. But regardless, she may have even picked you up. But you came. You came because there's, some, there's a connection between you and God that it's in its infancy, but it's growing. And while everything else seems to be like turning to custard, the one constant you have is Jesus. You and Jesus. And I think he's like got your hand. And he's like taking you for a walk, you know. There's been times when you pull back and think, oh, no, you know. But he's just patient, so he just stands there. But he's still got your hand. You know what I mean? He doesn't let go. He won't let you go. He'll stop and he'll wait. You ready now, Michaela? Because we're going to go a bit further. And he's just going to walk this journey with you. If I were you, I'd go for that walk. 
I would really go for that walk. And the faith that builds up in you, you'll, you'll see Jesus in a whole different way as, as the years go by, the days go by. And you'll believe, give you faith to believe for the miracles that you're looking for in your life. Because you need some miracles. But I believe that God's going to do them. He's going to show you because he loves you incredibly. Don't ever forget that. It's awesome. It's awesome. Jesus, Jesus. This, this couple over here, man with his, I'm going to sneak up on him and I know he's here. How you doing? I just, um, step away from that. I just, I just feel like God's got you. I don't know, I, I may have said hello to you or met you, I'm not sure, but God's got you on a faith journey. And I think you, he brought you here this morning to hear some stuff because you needed to hear it. And for you, there are a few decisions that have to be made in the near future. And some of them will be tempting to veer off kind of the easy way. And some of them will be the steps that God actually has for you, the steps of a righteous man are ordered by the Lord. And, and they'll kind of be a bit different direction. But the scripture says in Isaiah, you will hear a voice behind you say, this is the way, walk you in it, whether to the right or to the left. And the natural tendency could be at the moment to take what looks like the better route the one that makes more more common sense more logical but but God's saying there will be another route that is, is a different direction very different and he'll be speaking to you and he'll be prompting you and he'll be giving you a bit of a nudge and he's saying this is the way what's your name Daniel he'll say Daniel this is the way I want you to go it's the way of faith not the way of ease or comfort or, or normality or familiarity. And while it will be a little bit scary, you'll feel like you're walking on the water, but I want to tell you, you're going to do uh, things that you can't imagine right now, and you'll see them. You can't see them now, but you'll see them as you go on the journey. And they'll bring you and your family into a better place. And, and you'll be in a better place, and you'll, just, you'll, you'll get along there and say, God, this is pretty flippin' scary, but it's awesome. And I'm into this, so thank you, God. Thank you for speaking to me. I'm, I'm, I'm up for a, for a faith move. Here we go. It's all good. Um, I'm done. Simone. Wow. Let's give Phil a hand.